This changes absolutely nothing. Doomsday is still coming. Because no matter where the time is told, in the end, everybody pays the toll. And God help the obstacles that will be in my path. Tick-tock. Bum, 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 bum. Now tell me what you're gonna do. But it ain't nowhere to run. When judgment comes for you. When judgment comes for you. Now tell me what you're gonna do. But it ain't nowhere to hide. When judgment comes for you. Cause it's gonna come for you. All right, and we are back. The War Report. After a small hiatus, we are back to talk about the weird Wednesday night, not Wednesday night wars, uh, NXT 30, and a Dynamite that hasn't aired yet. <laughs> and I'm your host, Cyrus, and I'm here with a special guest, uh, Chris Novak. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, Cyrus. Appreciate it. Uh, you do the Ruthless Aggression uh, podcast with uh, your roommate Robert at the Barber Chair Network, but mm-hmm. ha- had to come and get you along because there's a lot of stuff going on with SummerSlam. Uh, well, the takeover leading into SummerSlam, call-ups, uh, all these uh, air uh, time slots yeah. changing and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get into In the Trenches and it's been kind of like a slow week. Like uh, anything that isn't talking about like the shows, just like, you know, outside of stuff like that. And the first thing I'm going to hit us with is Shaq at Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, his new contract provision that he had, or with his new contract that he just re-upped with uh, Turner Sports, they teased the fact that he, could show up on AEW at some point, um, which, which I feel like it does make sense from a, from a cross-promotion standpoint. Mm-hmm. And obviously Shaq has plenty of experience with wrestling. You know, he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal a couple of years ago at WrestleMania. So, yeah, um, and they, they, they never did it. I believe it was supposed to happen this mania, right? And then COVID yeah. happened? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know that they've been they've been teasing Shaq versus Big Show for seemingly forever. So it's it's not super surprising that they seem to tease that. Um, whether or not, you know, however it hits or however it's receptive is yet to be seen. But to be honest with you, celebrity involvement never really bothers me with pretty mm-hmm. much anything with WWE. So he, him doing that would only make sense at the same level. You know, having him have Mike Tyson come in a couple of months ago and do a a deal with yeah. them too. Uh, I'm so glad that Jericho truly never got his match with Mike Tyson, even though I was really liking the Mike Tyson stuff a lot. <laughs> um, people are saying that it's going to be Shaq versus Cody or like they like they were just like Shaq versus Cody. Is it possible? And I was just like, why does it have to be Cody? <laughs> I think there's a lot of amazing, t- uh, talented people in AEW. And if I wanted for Shaq to wrestle anybody it would have to be Lance Archer. Yeah, I, I think that someone like him, because I was because you know you, you try and think that you know who is the who's the best fit for him. 
They don't really mm-hmm. have a lot of tall and lumbering dudes besides, you know, the new TNT champion, um, Brody Lee. But, um, yeah, so between that and I guess Cody would only make sense just from the name recognition standpoint and how over he is there. But Lance Archer mm-hmm. would be a great choice to say Shaq just from a size standpoint and athleticism yeah. standpoint. Him, uh, Lance Archer, Brody Lee, Wardlow, uh, Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Hager. Not, I don't want to see it, but he yeah. is a tall dude, so <laughs> I'll like uh, put him in the list. I don't want to see the match, but just for uh, continuity, I would. But like for sure, if Shaq would come over to Dynamite, I wouldn't really care, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it if it were to happen, please let it be somebody like Tall or uh, Dustin wouldn't be too bad either. I, I no, forgot Dustin, about him, but Dustin like, wouldn't I be too bad it. at all either. Yeah, so if Shaq comes over, I hope they do something right <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if it's breaking news to you. I just saw it like a couple seconds ago. John Moxley is uh, PWI's number one. Yep. How how are we feeling about that? Um, I guess it makes sense. I think because they usually do it from June to June. So I feel like mm-hmm. the only people who could have, you know, had a, a chance of being at that level, I suppose, would be like Adam Cole or I guess maybe Seth Rollins, depending on how you feel about him, just from a, a you know, just a kayfabe standpoint. He's obviously had a hot year. He was Universal mm-hmm. Champ last year. He's kept his momentum going up until this year, but I, I guess Moxley's a, a fine choice for from that standpoint. I mean, he's been champ for a while. Obviously, came in red hot last year after he, mm-hmm. you know, had his departure from WWE. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. So Mox being the number one choice, I don't like. I said, I think I feel like Adam Cole is probably the only guy that I could probably be like, you know, contesting that with, um, as far as just. Case accomplishments and accolades over the last over that calendar year. So I know a lot of people were just like, "This woman got robbed," but don't they separate the men and the women like they're not in the same like bracket, right? Yeah, I I can't remember because I know that they had said a couple of months ago that they might have been intertwining the men and the women this year for the top five hundred, but they definitely do their own separate um okay, PWI yeah. women's top 100 or whatever it is but yeah because because i saw like a lot of people mad they were just like you know oscar got robbed or bailey or sasha got robbed and mm-hmm. i was just like um they have like a whole separate list for that like this isn't the first time we've seen like a pwi list <laughs> you yeah, know exactly. people <laughs> act like they like they're seeing it for the first time but i definitely think that moxley is for sure like I don't. Th- I, I don't necessarily think he's a bad pick, but there are also a lot of good other picks. Like I think Adam Cole, uh, Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rollins are a really yep. good one. Yep, yep. I hmm. When did Drew McIntyre's push start? Ooh, his his push started probably around late December. Um, oh, okay, okay. Because okay. in the 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 spring in the, in the late spring and the summer he was still doing the. He was being Shane's lackey with the with the Roman feud. He wasn't really doing anything uh, in the yeah. in the summer because he was in. I think he was in King of the Ring, but I don't think he made a really like lengthy run into it. And then 
Um, I can't tell you a thing that he did in September or October. I know that he was in on the Survivor Series team, obviously, and that's mm-hmm. kind of when, when things started to uh, go upward for him. But, yeah, he didn't really get started until late December. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people do have their issues with Moxley having it, but I'm just looking at, at the standpoint. Like you said, it's from June to June. So, yeah. like, yeah. we get his, like, kind of, like, spectacle of his departure from wwe where uh him and the shield come come together one more time and then they do that house show and he does like you know the promo like you know always believe in yourself blah 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 and then instantly went into new japan did the g1 after people were really high on him and at uh at that point and then he goes into dynamite has his match with cody i mean uh has his match with kenny People weren't really receptive, but you know, I, I definitely think like I may I may not be the biggest fan of Moxley, but I do think that like his June to June is like nothing but crazy momentum, except like yeah. probably like two weeks that he wasn't at Dynamite because he was quarantining. Exactly. So, uh, that I, I think that's uh, I think I think it's a solid pick, but yeah. uh. We're going to do Dynamite really quick because we're recording this before the Dynamite officially starts uh, at both our times. So I'm just going to blitz through it before we talk about, you know, the crazy week that uh, NXT basically had. Yeah. yeah. So Eddie Kingston form uh, unites Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. And I just thought that was weird because they were already like, friends at that point and i just have no idea where this stable is going to fit in aew with or like as a heel stable like where they're gonna fit with the bucks dark order and basically themselves like where is that gonna lie i do not see them winning the championship uh the tag team gauntlet that's going to be happening tonight. So I'm just like, what are you going to do with these guys? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would I would probably agree with okay. your your standpoint there because they are obviously quite crowded with not only just the tag division but stables a plenty in there. So mm-hmm. heel stables exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm glad Eddie Kingston is getting his time to shine, but I do think this is a weird position. It's just the start, so you know. I'm always open to being impressed, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Jericho 3. I don't know why. Uh, well, it is 1-1, so this is the rubber match. Hopefully, Orange Cassidy wins. I'm surprised he got his first win over Jericho. But uh, it's even now, so they're going to have the rubber match at All Out. Hopefully, they get it. As I already mentioned, there's going to be a tag team gauntlet match to see who challenges Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I'm thinking it's the revival. If it's not the revival, what the hell are you guys waiting for? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That, that title needs to get off Hangman and Kenny. Like, I do love them as a team. I think Hangman has been doing an amazing job. But like, let's kind of move that story forward with Kenny sort of being like, kind of losing it a little bit like let's speed that up a bit uh also for all outs we're gonna get thunder rosa versus sakara shida okay (laughs) 
I'm uh, I I love Thunder Rosa. I think she's an amazing wrestler, but this kind of just came out of nowhere. And as every as all the problems that's been addressed with the women's division, even when we were on hiatus, is showing in this feud. But I'm glad that Hikaru Shida is even on the card at All Out at this point. Uh, hopefully they give them time because if you're going to have Thunder Rosa come over, don't give her like a 10 minute match. Like she is a fantastic wrestler, uh, NWA powers women's champion. So like, let's do that. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying AEW giving NWA power people some time or just a job, <laughs> you know? So that's really good till God knows when NWA power comes back. Brandy Rhodes did not win the women's tag tournament. And apparently there isn't a title belt that comes with it. So all the worries that I was worried about before the hiatus aren't here. Everybody was like, you know, uh, some leaks came out on Reddit saying that Brandy Rhodes might book her way to the top. And it turns out it was a lie. So Let's go. <laughs> that is that is a win-win for me. Um, yeah. Whatever they do with Diamante and Ivelisse, I don't. I, I don't really know. Um, Diamante already lost to Hikaru Shida before, so I don't get see her having a title shot. So maybe they give it to Ivelisse. Who knows? But uh, the big thing that we have to talk about is Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. I was very surprised that this was a squash. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll say it's a squash. This is probably the shortest match that Cody has ever had, a championship match that Cody has ever had. So, like, I'm I'm very surprised here. Yeah, um, I mean, like, everyone had been talking about, you know, how he just pretty much got clobbered in this match. And, you know, obviously, with how Cody's matches have been going – you maybe expected it to be a little bit lengthy. Maybe they go a little bit 50-50 on each other. No, they, they booked Brody like an absolute monster in this match, and he won with his discus lariat. He, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, like I said, he it was it was just a straight-up squash. Cody pretty much stood no chance from bell to bell. And, I mean, hey, that, that you know, whatever troubles that they had with Brody going into this match, and, you know, certainly they were focusing on some weird stuff with him with, you know, him parodying Vince and, you know, making <clears throat> wisecracks at WWE and whatnot. And that wasn't really what people were looking for, looking for from him when he got to AEW. But if they keep on the straight and narrow here with him, he'll obviously shine because we know how good he is and what mm-hmm. he's capable of. And this one, this match was, you know, indicative of that, I think. And I will, I'm intrigued to see who will be eventually the one to dethrone him. I don't know if they're going to run this match back. I don't know when we'll see Cody again. Um, but, you know, credit to him, credit to them booking the match this way. And Brody is obviously going to get plenty of intrigue for this. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. Just uh, when Brody Lee was coming in, I was very worried about him being, you know, skyrocketed into a title match with John Moxley. And, I said it before on our prediction show way back for, I, I forgot what pay-per-view it was. I think it was, uh, I believe it was double or nothing, but I was just like, if Brody Lee wants to sh- like 
prove that he deserves to be on top in the Dark Order, he needs the championship. And at that time, I wanted it to be the AEW belt. But it is what it is. Dark Order is as dominant as they... Well, outside of the jobber guys, like one... The number guys, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> he He's showing his... You know, he's showing that his leadership is strong, and I'm pretty sure that looks great for all of his uh, followers. Because if you were to lose two championship matches, I'm sort of losing faith. I would, I would lose faith <laughs> uh, yeah. in, in my leader. So I think this is really good. He winning in dominant fashion, Dark Order all present, and him bodying the Rhodes family after that was really great. So yeah. it. If I were booking this, his next match would probably be versus uh, would probably be against Dustin. Have him body Dustin, and then you know you can move on from that story. And if anybody were to dethrone Brody Lee, I will call it now. I would like for it to be Hangman Page. Yeah, that would really work. I I just think like if Hangman Page really needs a. He, he really needs that singles run. Like I, I definitely think that this tag team championship run has done it for him, especially that Bucks match. And he's, you know, stayed on top uh, even after that. So if they were ever to lose that tag team title and he starts losing steam a bit, I would start this program with Brody Lee. And they already have problems now. So for you know, just to weave it all together in like a couple months from now, you can get the match uh, at next pay-per-view, I guess. We can get Hangman Page versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. And no more of the, what is it, the Open Challenge? Yeah, that, that's what it was yeah. called, the Open Challenge. So yep. no more JP War Horses. <laughs> Every, everybody on Twitter can stop begging for a match. Uh, and AEW can just, you know, I, I guess they'll do their talent scouting the different uh, differently now. But now we have the amazing show that was Takeover Thirty, uh, the show that counter-programmed AEW Dynamite that Saturday, <laughs> which I thought yeah. was so weird. Like when I heard it was happening on Saturday, I was just like, "Well, like why?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have just did it on Thursday, like they like they're doing this week unless there was like also basketball happening on Thursday. yeah i think it was i think it was basketball then too okay sorry i, I don't keep up with the nba so i'm just yeah. like all these all these time changes i'm just like but for why because i'm so in the wrestling bubble but uh take over uh take over 30 opens with a tag team triple threat brizongo oni lorkin and danny birch i didn't think they were gonna win and uh Elgato del Fantasma and Brizongo wins. And I was just like, uh, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I, when I went, had went to this match, cause we had talked about this on the Ruthless Aggression pod, I had mm-hmm. so honestly thought that Lorcan and Birch were going to get the win because I thought that, um, Brizongo and Legato del Fantasma would have settled their issues elsewhere first before. Um, because I didn't think, especially since we now know that NXT UK is coming back, I didn't think Imperium mm-hmm. was long for 
being tag champs anymore. So my thought was that Birch and Lorcan would win, then they would take the tag titles, and then they would drop them to Legato Del Fantasma. However, mm-hmm. as you know, that didn't happen. Brizongo won, and they became the number one contenders. So I was like, okay, then well, and my logic still applied that, you know, Imperium wasn't going to be tag chance for long, and then yeah. eventually the Fantasma would be chance because they're obviously pushing them. They're obviously pushing Santos. They're pushing Wild and Mendoza. And, you know, it's not even just based on everything on TV. I mean, they came out with, like, five or six shirts for them. Mm-hmm. So they are, it is obvious that somebody is behind them. The marketing team is behind them. So they're going to be getting, you know, big pushes. So I always thought that no matter who won this match, it was going to be the face team. <laughs> so the fact that Brazongo won was like, okay, cool. Yeah, at that point, it was just like, yeah, it's like it's a ticking time bomb after that for uh, Imperial's title reign. And honestly, I'm pretty sure everybody at some point forgot that they were tag champs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I- I'm glad it's off them. At first, I was just like, oh, Brizongo could do anything when they're serious. And I was just like, okay, how many times are we going to run this gimmick where it's just like they can do anything <laughs> if they're serious? And I, I-, I think. They did that like two years ago when they had a uh, tag team match against the Usos. Yeah. And they were just like, at first it was just like, you know, they were doing the costume changes and just like, you know, messing around. And it was just like, now they get serious and they really turned up the heat. And at this point, well, <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead, but they win the tag team championships. And I was just like, well, I'm along for the ride. Impress me. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I want to see how this goes. Um, we get uh, Balor and Tim Thatcher in a very different Finn Balor match. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Uh, I, w- I was watching this live with uh, Mark from RSPN and Justin from the A-Show. And we were just like, you know, Timothy Thatcher's offense is very, like, odd. Like, this is going to be an extreme styles clash between uh, these two competitors. And it, it definitely showed, and Mule said it on the A-show, Finn Balor doesn't hit his normal beats in the match because Tim Thatcher just doesn't play that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely thought it was weird that uh, Balor got the win here. I didn't, I didn't think he needed the win, but seeing how stuff went on Wednesday, I think – it's fine that he has like some sort of momentum. Yeah. So I didn't think the world of this match. I thought it was pretty good. I, I was mm-hmm. a curious choice to open the because I mean, if there's anything that takeovers have shown us that they always start with, you know, high energy, fast pace, frenetic action, not really the mm-hmm. low style that Thatcher was working um, which is not, it's not a discredit to him or anything like that. I just thought that among the matches that they had, you know, I thought it was just an interesting option to go with this first. Uh, but, you know, based on the card that they had, I don't know what other options they would have had besides yeah. Dakota and EO, perhaps. Uh, which I'm, would have, I'm would honestly have surprised. I'm honestly surprised that the latter match didn't open. That, yeah, you know, that yeah, they've been, done it before. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've done that. Before. I mean, they, they did that the first time in, uh, in New Orleans. So, mm-hmm. I'm, but yes, Finn winning at the time shocked me a little bit, although I wasn't necessarily mad at it just because if anybody in that brand of promotion or whatever 
needs some sort of direction and momentum. It's him because he's just yeah. been spinning his wheels for months now. And it's been something that I've thought about. Like, yeah, you can blame happening with the pandemic and how it, you know, reshuffled plans for him and Walter and whatnot. But I mean, we're, we're five months into this era of programming for WWE and NXT. So it's like, you can only use that excuse for so long. So, yeah. is, you know, they seem to be positioning him in the North American championship scene in that big card. So a loss, it doesn't necessarily hurt him too badly because he still yeah. does have that win over Riddle in his back pocket. Um, they haven't obviously done a lot with him since, but I don't think it's... I mean, even necessarily, if what we know happens on NXT next week, and if Finn does become the NXT champ, you can spin off into a feud between those two and maybe give Thatcher the belt and whatnot and go, for, and go from there. But yeah. So, Thatcher I mean, with the belt? <laughs> Ooh. That is very that is very risky. Yeah, I would I would agree, but it, at least even if you don't give him the title, it could be a, a feud from day one for him. For okay, if they decide All to right, continue yeah. it, although like it did seem like they were positioning him in the mid card based on what we saw. Yeah, definitely, and I, I'm I'm very unsure with like what they're gonna do with uh tim thatcher like he is in the mid card scene but two losses like i don't want to say like you know two losses and then he has like no direction but i i definitely thought it was weird that like right after losing to finn Balor, they would put him in an like in a north american championship match uh yeah. against uh damian priest and yep. whatever scheduled date i think it'll be happening next tuesday but i'm unsure mm-hmm. With all these weird time changes, but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely thought it was weird. So, and if he loses back to back, I'm just like, all right, well, what are you, what are you doing with this guy? You know, exactly. I, I, I definitely wouldn't have put him in that match on, uh, or like set that up without him at least getting a win on like that Wednesday. You know, exactly. Uh, so now, oh. It is active outside. <laughs> um, we have the uh, the ladder match for the North American uh, Championship. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I didn't write it down, and I realized that's a big mistake. <laughs> it was uh, it was Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Grimes. Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream. Okay, yeah. So sad that Dexter Loomis couldn't be in this match. I definitely think he would have had a stellar performance here. Uh, he might not have won, but it, it would have just looked great there. But uh, what, what is your thoughts on this match? I thought this match was like heat. <laughs> like this match is yeah, amazing. No, I, I really liked it. I thought as, as usual, there was a lot of, you know, innovation here. There was some creativity on display. I thought Candice getting involved in the match was fun. She did some fun stuff mm-hmm. in that match, which only makes sense because if anyone knows Candice LeRae, she's a daredevil. She's not afraid to you know mix it up. Um, so it was it was only smart for them to do that. Um, and you know, I, I thought going into it, you know, there were three guys who needed to win, and those were the you know the first three guys: Bronson, Cameron, and Damian Priest, just because of differentiation, putting a fresh face at the top of that division of that for you know for helping to lead towards, you know, the, the next era for that title after Keith Lee had relinquished it. Um, and just yeah. in general, you know, there was a 
bit of an exodus and there's guys who really shouldn't be there anymore or shouldn't be competing um, for championships like that. So I think, I think they obviously made the right move here. And, it's, and like I said, match goes, a lot of good, fun stuff. I dug a lot that, um, that Bronson, Cameron, and Damian did themselves. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the, the spot with Dream getting just flung out onto you know, the ground outside the barricade. Man, crazy. the time, the timeline when Dream reached the top <laughs> of that ladder, everybody was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And it was just like, no, Dream made the same dumb decision that he made three years ago, getting on top of the ladder, mm-hmm. seeing the title belt, and just saying, no, I'm going to dive anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> except this time, he at least looked at the title and that was something that Edge mentioned on his podcast uh, way, way back. Like, Dream didn't even, like, look at the title when he got to the top of the ladder in New Orleans. But he did it now. So, learn it, learn it from the legends. And just totally bailed. And he was a non-factor in the match. And everybody just took a deep breath or a deep uh, exhale. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody was very worried. But in this match, I was rooting for Bronson Reed all the way through. Um, say say what you will about NXT or just like the developmental process, but they made me care about Bronson Reed in like three weeks. Yeah, I I am like all behind him, and soon as he came out and I saw that they killed thing, I said, "Yep, this man is the legend now. This is it." <laughs> Yeah, because now he has the shirt where he's a colossal Bronson Reed, not thick boy. Yeah, and and, uh, and it has the helicopters around it, like uh, yes. Godzilla, like did big time stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm not wearing no shirt with no that says thick boy with two C's <laughs> on it. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people liked it, like you know, as a joke. But like, come on, son. <laughs> yeah, we got to come to a spade and spade that uh, colossal Bronson Reed works infinitely better for him oh much better and i hope that and i know it's probably will be a one-time thing but more bam bam inspired gear i loved the bam bam yes. inspired gear. uh it honestly if he if all his gear gear is like really paying homage to you know big big men uh uh in history or whatever like i'm i'm all for it yeah uh, Cameron Grimes looked really good in this match. Took a nasty, nasty spot uh, from Gargano. Gee. <laughs> uh, what, what was it? it was like a, a power bomb onto the ladder, and yeah. Johnny Gargano. Like, I honestly, it would have been safer if he completely missed the ladder. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that's how bad yeah. it was. Yeah, that was nasty. Um, but yeah, Damian Priest wins it. I think he's deserving. Uh, if he didn't win it, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? And I said it on Twitter. He He's going to win it, and the bitches is going to come back. And you know what happened? You know, you know what happened? <laughs> that man hopped into a hot tub in the rain in a parking lot with some of the finest women that NXT has hired to be in the jacuzzi with him. <laughs> in pants, no less. Yes, in leather pants. Monstrous. Yeah. Dis- 
honestly disgusting, but you know, <laughs> I said it. I, I do not lie to the people. The ladies come back, and his name is in, uh, you know, his name is in infamy, even though he's a face. But it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> now, a match that people don't want to admit impressed them or blew them away. Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. This match blew my expectations. And my expectations were should have been on the floor like everybody else's. But people still hated on this match, and I'm very confused by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was I felt like from the start I was one of the people who unsurprisingly, because I typically try to look at the bright side of things. Um, but I was one of the people who was a little bit in favor of it compared to everybody else. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly just because I had thought some of the dismissals of this were kind of weird because people were saying, oh, you know, Pat McAfee's got an A-list celebrity. I'm like, they're not trying to do that for something like NXT. They're, they don't, they don't, they're, they're not WWE and they know that. And also, it was like... A-list celebrity? Yeah. Like... like Everybody knows that Snooki was at WrestleMania, and she's like B at best. Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to her, I do. I I like Jersey Shore, but like they had Snooki there. Like they're not opposed to like getting you know really obscure people. Exactly. So and and, and I knew and some people were like, oh, he's just a podcast host. I'm like, no, he's in all, former All American in college, and he was mm-hmm. a punter for almost. Oh, for well over a decade, I would say. And, you know, he, and he's a, he's a fantastic athlete. So, and, you know, people were like, oh, you know, Adam, Adam Cole getting punked out on TV is bad. Like, okay, yes, I can, I can see what you're saying. Mm. However, they, someone they, like Pat McAfee. They cleared that up real quick. The oh, they did. They really did. And even someone, someone like Pat McAfee should be beating the crap out of somebody like Adam Cole. And even, even with, you know, what happened, like, it was a cheap shot. It was a cheap punt kick while Cole mm-hmm. was at the, at the commentary desk. Like, you know, it was, it was there. It was right there for everyone to see. And even then, this match just blew me away. Just the sheer athleticism that Max B was putting on. The, the, one, th- the one thing that really obvious, obviously stuck out was the backflip that he did off the top rope, stunned, oh, which man. stunned Cole, and then he ran up and did the superplex. Like, that was nuts and and i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how people didn't see that backflip and go oh okay this is actually pretty sick (laughs) (laughs) because i think the week before they posted a video package of pat mcafee in the ring and you know better than me you know uh doing his lockups and stuff i thought he was okay and then when I saw him run the ropes, I was just like, yikes. <laughs> but uh, in the start of the match, you know, Adam Cole, obviously, like, he out-wrestles him. But, you know, he, he gets the upper hand at some point, catches Cole off guard, which I don't know how people didn't think, like, the match was going to go this way, where Pat McAfee, a former athlete, surprisingly, is more athletic than Adam Cole thought. <laughs> like. This is super simple stuff here, people. And 
I, I would agree. I am one of those few people that did have their reserves at the start. Like I didn't like that Adam Cole got his head kicked in, you know, I thought mm-hmm. it was really weird for that to happen. And I just said, you know what? I'm not at the, you know, at this point, impress me. And Adam Cole came out, beat the hell out of, uh, <laughs> the hell out of Drake Maverick and uh, Killian Dane. And he put this amazing promo and he cleared it up. And it was just like, it was a cheap shot. And that was great. Uh, I, I definitely like, I definitely like the part where Pat McAfee's pals like came out and like started, you know, like trying to look intimidating and the E uh, and the undisputed era come out because it was just like, all right, there's not going to be any interference, like real interference here. So there's not going to be any real shenanigans involving the UE or Pat McAfee's friends. So every podcast I, I talk about wrestling on, I hate interferences so I'm really glad that they didn't run that route or have Adam Cole have to cheat to beat Pat McAfee because I think that would really did a disservice to him. Uh, but Adam Cole wins. Pat McAfee took the Panama Sunrise. And you know what? After he took that, I was just like, all right, this match is definitely four stars. <laughs> because he, Pat, Pat didn't even have, Pat did not have to take the Panama freaking sunrise. They could have just ended that after the last shot and then be, and then be done with it. So more, more, more credit and all the respect <laughs> in the world to Pat for taking yeah. that move. Like, my God. Yeah. And you know, people are mad and they're going to stay mad. Uh, but my, one, one of my favorite parts about it is Adam Cole. He's, you know, he is setting up for the last shot where he's about to take the knee pad off and he's just like, nah. <laughs> and then, you know, he's just screaming, get up at him and he does the Panama Sunrise. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely thought it was a stellar match. People were really upset about it and I don't know why. Uh, my expectations were on the floor and it exceeded it and exceeded it more after the Panama Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Really good match, and we're going to go into the next match, which I don't want to say I'm disappointed by, but I would definitely say it's probably one of my most forgettable. Like, I definitely think this match was like forgettable by my standard, and I don't know how anybody else feels, but Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai, I thought it was pretty mid. Yeah, uh, I mean, I always knew that Io was going to win. Um, it was not nearly, not nearly enough time has passed uh, Shirai by for this NXT championship reign that she's on. Um, but considering where both ability levels are, I thought it was really good, but they definitely left. And I felt the same way about Finn and Thatcher. They left mm-hmm. a lot of meat on the bone here, I think. And maybe this is because, well, actually, I'm not even sure now at this point because of what happened after the match and then what happened on Wednesday. Um, I was going to say they might have been saving some for another or future encounter, but yeah, I, I thought that both of them are capable of better. It's not to say that the match was bad, but yeah. I think that there was definitely more to do for both of these two here. And I'm not sure what, 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 you know, I don't, I don't have the answer of what could have been done, but it definitely felt like it was lacking a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know either. Like I can't, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but definitely, like I just felt like there should have been more. 
you know, like, I, I don't, like, I definitely like these two competitors a lot, and I I just wanted more, for, like, <laughs> it, it, it's weird to say, but, like, I just wanted some more, and it, it, it just got weird. Raquel got involved, which was, like, inevitable, and it, if they don't have a future encounter, then I'm going to look down on this match even more, you know? Like, I yeah. definitely think they need to have a rematch where it's a little more intense or, you know, there's a little more. And if I don't get it, if I don't get that rematch or, you know, the match between them, then I'm just like, all right, let, let, let's move this along. <laughs> but, well, uh, it's, it's, oh, it's interesting that you bring up Raquel and cause she was, you know, brought in the Wednesday before the mm-hmm. show, which made, which makes sense because if she came, if she came back at takeover and Dakota still lost, they wouldn't have had an opportunity for both of them to stand tall, which they were able to. But mm-hmm. Raquel's involvement here, you know, she did the, the basic standard stuff. But overall, lately, and this is just I don't know how anyone else feels about this. It's been something that I've felt while she's been absent for t- from TV for whatever reason. I thought Dakota was doing fine on her own. And yes. you know, even with even with the, the dimension of Raquel there, it was just like I I, th- I felt like Dakota could have hung around with Eo and maybe not having a match built around. And obviously Raquel got involved later, but maybe not having a match built around that would have maybe helped or aided this. But I I just felt like you know Raquel in general just eh. I mean I'm 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 iffy on her right now anyway. So yeah. Like I, I, I don't want to say like have a steel cage match because literally she had the steel cage match with Tegan Knox and yeah. Raquel got involved. So it's just like I, I guess they're just like a package deal at this point, and I guess we'll get into it when we talk about Wednesday's show. But I think the match really worked in favor more of like Raquel than it did Dakota. Yeah. Like it, 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 it worked more into towards her favor, but uh, definitely, I really hope they have another match while Rhea Ripley is involved with Raquel or Mercedes Martinez, whatever they yeah. decide to do, whatever delays El Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm okay with that, and Rhea Ripley gets involved, uh, beats up uh, Raquel. Well, no, no. She beats up Dakota guy a little bit, and then has a face off against Raquel, and then the match mm-hmm. is over. It is what it is. Uh, Rhea Ripley stands in the background menacingly <laughs> while uh, Io Shirai celebrates, and that's about it. And the main event, which I don't know what people want at this point. <laughs> this is this is this is. This is a completely different NXT title match, and Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross is extremely different than what we've been getting in the past two years now out of the NXT yeah. title matches, and people just didn't really like it. I I, I definitely like the slower pace, methodical match. You know, I saw people upset that Karrion Cross were going for like arm bars and holds and stuff, and I was just like. How is he going to put his opponent down if he doesn't work? Do you people not watch wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I mean, I for, I didn't know what people were expecting. Smash, I don't, and not to be whatever with it, but I wasn't sure what people were expecting with the result. Like, sure, they could have they could have given Keith a retention in his first takeover title defense. It wouldn't be his first title defense. That was against Dijakovic, mm-hmm. but the writing had been on the wall for so long now that they were going to yeah. coordinate Cross within the blink of an eye because every everyone has been high on him in that in the hierarchy for since the minute that they got him. So yeah. I mean, I, I knew he was going to be champ within a flash of a. So I, I'm I'm not sure what people were looking for in that regard. Was it the best you know finale for Keith as we found out it would be and as many speculated it would be i don't know but i know that this was a different style of match because they were looking to do something just different from how we've seen and people were getting tired of that style that we've seen for two years anyway so it's just very confusing i i definitely think that people just came to the conclusion if keith lee loses the match is bad yeah but then you have the complete opposite coin of that and it's just like if Karrion Cross doesn't win, then Karrion Cross is bad. You know, so it yeah. It was like sort of sacrificing two stars, but got <laughs> people didn't know what they had uh in store. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh they said it on the A show like soon as soon as uh Ciampa was announced to come back they knew Keith Lee was losing. And I did feel the same as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I was always okay with Keith losing. Um, but I, I definitely thought this match was uh, much better than... Well, not much better. I just thought it was uh, a lot different than, you know, the the 45-minute kick-out, super kick, extravaganza. And I, I Keith Lee looked great, making Cross look strong. The arm bars, the holds, the uh, the Saito suplex from the second rope to uh, for the finish. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it for what it was, especially for just from the sake of you know it was something different. So mm-hmm. I I thought it was I thought it was really solid, and I thought this takeover in general was just a very solid show. Um, even with you know Balor, Thatcher, and EO Dakota being somewhat disappointing, I think there were still some really strong high points with the North American championship ladder match and mm-hmm. especially Adam Cole, Pat Mack. Yeah. I, I would definitely say those are my two highlights on the show, not to discredit anybody else, but I definitely yeah, thought exactly. that those two matches, those two matches were really great. Um, all right. So that's take over 30. I forgot to mention that NXT UK is coming back. I don't know yeah. if we're going to start covering that on the show, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I I will figure it out. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of NXT UK recently, so yeah, maybe I, I'll probably watch for a couple of weeks while, uh, on its return. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> but uh, Wednesday, Triple H goes on social media and says that Karrion Cross is injured, and everybody said that. Well, that was a waste, and I'm just like, guys, relax. <laughs> <laughs> So at the start of NXT this week, Karrion Cross relinquishes the title. Uh, shoulder separation, I believe. Nothing too yeah. bad. Uh, sucks that he had to vacate the title. This is something that I, I definitely think it hurts NXT a lot. Like, I don't want to say that NXT is ruined with him gone, but 
knowing the plans or just why they were on him. Uh, like you said earlier, this sucks. <laughs> this yeah, really sucks. It, it's it's a double you know whammy for them because obviously they don't have Keith Lee anymore, and they mm-hmm. also lose the guy that they were obviously planning on having be you know the overarching top guy in the company in the brand or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And you know if you read between the lines, we don't know what's going to happen with Undisputed Era, and there's you know later on in the show there's something interesting that happens with all them and Adam Cole in, in specifically. So you have, a, I think, a finite amount of choices for you, your guy who should be at the top, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. So they they just they lose two two people who they obviously had, you know, they obviously either had huge plans for going into Takeover Thirty, or were going to have plans in the aftermath of Takeover Thirty and Cross, yeah. and the former with Keith. Yeah, and. Given NXT's history with champions that get champions that get injured, normally when they come back, it's not like the best stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but like when Nakamura came back, or like when Samoa Joe came back, and like Nakamura, like him was like going back and forth. I think I liked one match out of that whole like feud sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alistair Black got injured, and then we got like. The insane uh, Johnny Gargano Chapa like like trilogy of mm-hmm. championship matches, I believe, and yeah, I, I definitely thought those matches were fine. But like you know, a lot of it it, it brought a lot of, a lot of exhaustion to a lot of people. Agree. So hopefully, with the champion getting injured, it isn't so painful this time around. Uh. And on, honestly, we'll just get right to it. They just they have a plan where all former NXT champions on the show will be having a what is it, a, a triple threat sixty minute Iron Man. Yeah, it's a fatal four way because it's Gargano, Champa, Cole, and Balor. A mm-hmm. fatal four way sixty minute Iron Man match. One. There's probably going to be like three matches on NXT next week, and this is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I definitely do think that this is incredibly smart. Like, you know, people may not want to watch because it's Tuesday, you know, like whatever viewers and time slots and like the time slot change might lose viewers or ratings, whatever that people were worried about. So I definitely think that them just getting it out of the way now rather than like having another tournament or having another like set of qualifiers or a, a ladder match again, you know, like cut straight to the chase. And the people involved are people that they already trusted with the belt, people that already like sort of quote unquote carried the company or put the company on their back. And I think that's really smart. Yeah. So, and that first part that you mentioned about them, you know, not doing a tournament or whatever, that was what my question was going to be about how they were going to crown the next champ because they had already done the round robin G1 style tournament for the cruiserweights up up in the past spring and then mm-hmm. they just got through you know doing sets of qualifiers and then you know qualifying matches to do a ladder match for a vacant championship and now they have to do something for another vacant championship or in you know the case of the cruiserweight it was an interim title but you know that's just being pedantic so they had to think outside the box, I think, 
here, and they obviously are way, way outside of the box with doing a fatal four-way 60-minute Ironman match. And I understand that people may not want to sit around for an hour and watch a match. That's understandable because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to keep anyone's attention for 60-minute Ironman matches. They could have done it just for 30, and I don't, don't think anyone would have really complained. Yeah. However, I will say two things here. One, if you're going to do a 60-minute Ironman match, you might as well do it with the four guys here because none of them are going to get really blown up. All of them, I think, you know, maybe with the exception of Finn, who I don't think has yeah. been many lengthy matches in the past. All of the other ones, they've kind of been built up for this. We know about the lengthy Gargano matches. Champa follows that St. Ilk. Adam Cole does as well. We know about mm-hmm. them and war games and whatnot and how long that those usually go. So if you're going to do it, pick those guys. And, you know, secondly, it may not be for you. It may not be for everyone. But I think with it being a fatal four-way match, you kind of can get a bunch of different combinations here where if it was just a, you know, a singles Iron Man match, it's just the same two guys fighting for 60 minutes. That's could, so, so much worse. For, for, yeah. For, for some segments, you could get Finn and Cole. For some segments, you could get Finn and Johnny and Finn and Champa. And then, you know, they'll obviously do something with Champa and Johnny and Champa and Cole and Champa and Balor. And then, you know, they'll do Johnny and Cole, Johnny and Balor. It's, and the combinations, you know, there, there's about like six different, six or seven different combinations that they can roll with here. They can do triple threats. They can go with all four of them. They can do, they can have it split off into, you know, a tag team match for two guys to work, work it to where they, it's just down to those two. There's plenty of ways that they can maneuver it around here. I don't want to see them just have a bunch, have a kick out fest for 60 minutes, but I don't think that they're going to do that, even if they have been prone to doing that in just their standard singles matches. I think that they're smart enough to know, hey, we're going to go 60 here. So we need guys resting and we need guys take, being taken out. So they'll choreograph and they'll milk all of that into it, just like the, the normal triple threats and fatal four ways do in the mm-hmm. in either NXT or WWE. Yeah, and I agree. And I do think that like Balor being there will kind of like mitigate the amount yes. of super kick yes. that he might will be. definitely rain them. Like, <laughs> so I'm I'm not too sure how I feel about it being sixty me want to like watch it beginning to end and i know people yeah. aren't very like i'm sorry i i know people aren't high on champa gargano cole or finn but i don't think these guys have ever had like really bad matches on nxt yeah. you know like i think these guys are all like all four of them are fantastic wrestlers so we either might get a classic or a long drawn out okay match yeah, excuse me. So that's that's how I feel about it. And honestly, if Finn doesn't win, then this match sucks. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finn? If, if Finn don't win, I'm I'm giving it a a, a negative one. <laughs> yes, yeah, Finn Finn has to be the choice here. They just had you know the 380 plus day reign with Adam Cole, and no mm-hmm. disrespect either of them, but Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa should probably never be NXT champions ever again. They probably shouldn't even be in the brand, but we know how they feel about it. So they'll be here. They'll always be in these spots. So it, 
So if I had to like rank it from like people that need it the most to the people that need it the least, the least would be Johnny Gargano, yeah. Cole, Champa, Balor. Balor needs that. Yes. Because I think he's only been in one championship match since his return. Yep, and that was the December 18th episode, the yeah. one where Rhea had won, but they had, you know, they had Finn lose that match. Because I believe yeah. Johnny came back that night, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay. I, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah that, that, that does sound about right. Yeah, and and even in December, I had my worries about, like, Balor even being near that title, you know? Yeah. So this is their chance to do some, I don't want to say course correcting, but let's do what's best for business here. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely think that Balor definitely needs it. Um, We're, well, we're coming up. Well, let's wrap it up. We're coming up on time. Sorry for people that, uh, that did the last (laughs) rights, but I'll read them next week. No problem. Um, Fandango win the cha- uh, the NXT Championship. Okay, who who takes it off him? Legato del Fantasma. I was going to say the, I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, and and good for good for Brizongo. That's both of their uh, first championships in the NXT era. I know um, Breez as Mike Dalton had won a title back in FCW, but it's the first title for Fandango, who's been there forever. And Breeze has obviously been through pretty much everything. So good for mm-hmm. them. Even if it's, even if it's a short-term reign, which I think it will be, good, good for them for, you know, getting the titles and, you know, working this Breezango thing for the last couple of years to uh, obviously a rousing success. Yeah. And I don't – there's no other heel team. I think uh, Indeshare is still in the doghouse. So yeah. – uh, they won't be back anytime soon. Uh, yeah, so it has to be uh, uh, Elgato del Fantasma. Yeah, Elgato del Fantasma, yeah. It, it just has to be. <laughs> um, Austin Theory returns. Big yikes. No more to say on that. <laughs> um, Undisputed Era, Drake Maverick, and Killian Dane. What's what's our thoughts on this here? I'm I got a big old question mark, but like I said earlier in the show, I'm open to being impressed. So, what's going on? <laughs> I thought the most interesting thing here was what happened with Kyle O'Reilly because yes, which I didn't had, notice until you pointed out. Yeah, because he had so he had won with you know the the heel hook after having him in after having Maverick in the knee bar, and afterwards he was. He was very cautious about beating beating Maverick up after the match, but Roddy and Bobby seemingly had no problem with that, and he was just kind of backing off. And then once Killian Dane came out, O'Reilly kind of hightailed it. So I'm wondering, you know, was he leading was he leading them from afar, or is he about to get ousted from the group for quote unquote being too soft? So I'm very, and it was very, it did it. Obviously, it occurs to me also that, you know, Cole technically cost 
them the tag team titles with his mess with Matt with Max because they were yes, paying attention I'm, to that. I'm very upset that they haven't addressed that yet. Yeah, and also the fact that Cole wasn't Cole obviously had his you know individual promo backstage because of the title match, but he wasn't with them at ringside. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. what because they're they're obviously doing something. I think everything was purposeful here. So yeah. they're doing something with Kyle, and I'm very intrigued about what it could be. Because anything, anything, to me, anything that props him up is a good thing. Because I've been, yes. I've been for O'Reilly for the last couple of years, and if he's about to get a singles push or run, by all means. Yeah, I'm definitely with it. And I, I know that I was, at first, when I first saw it, I was very confused by just Drake Maverick and Killian mm-hmm. Dane possibly forging a friendship and then not forging a friendship so i'm just like what are you gonna do here but this may be this may serve more into the undisputed era story than their story so that's why i'm just like i'm I'm waiting to see where this goes so hopefully next week or throughout the week we might see some like weird stuff on twitter i guess um but yeah god please I don't want to see any more Killian Dane. I'm sorry. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I said I'm open to being impressed, but Killian Dane, he had his chances, man. <laughs> um, and now we're gonna go into the main event: uh, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai versus Raquel and Dakota Kai. And honestly, this is really just Rhea Ripley versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this match really serves to them more did it serve for EO and Dakota. So I'm just, what are they doing at this point? Like, are we going to really focus on EO Shirai and I mean, uh, Raquel and Rhea Ripley? Like, is that what they're going to be doing? Like, is that how they're going to keep Rhea away from the title? Well, cause it was weird because, you know, they had been keeping Rhea away from the title with Mercedes Martinez and she got involved here, but like, that was like, that was so secondary to everything. And then she got mm-hmm. seen by Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm like, okay, what, I know you're intertwining stories and everything. And that's nice, but it's just like, what, what is, what yeah. is the end game here? Cause technically, yes, you had the tag match the week before with, with Rhea and Shotzi against, you know, Aaliyah and Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And, Rhea took out Mercedes with that power bomb or whatever out on the out, out on the outside, but you know that that business is unfinished, and now she has business with Raquel Gonzalez, who just pinned her. So you're doing a lot, but how much focus are you shining on your champion here? Not much. She was yeah. a complete. She was very much an afterthought here. Yeah, she was a very afterthought in this match. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but also I. I need Io Shirai to, like, be on the show. Yes. So, like, she was gone for quite some time before leading up to TakeOver 30. And, yeah, I was excited to see her again at TakeOver 30. But, like, the match didn't really feel worth the wait like that to yeah. me. So, not saying that I'm not too high on Io Shirai, but, like, I want to know if she, like, is she still that girl? You know, like, is she still that bitch? Yeah, because... Yeah. I'm looking very worried right now, especially where they keep like not putting her on the show. That worries me. 
not not like insanely, but it's just like, what are you doing for the main title if Raquel and Rhea Ripley are going to be like the top women's feud on the show? Exactly. Followed by, you know, whatever Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley versus the Rob Stone brand. And then uh, Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox that are also there, which they haven't really started that up yet. But, you know. So I'm <laughs> I'm worried. Paul, fix it. Make it right. Sean, make it right. Uh, Matt Bloom, make it make sense. I'm here for the ride, but I don't <laughs> want it to be bumpy. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it for the show. Um, AEW is going to start in two hours. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I'll wake up when the show starts. But uh, thank you for being here, Chris. Uh, if there's anything you need a plug, let, let's hear it. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Chris M. Novak, C-H-R-I-S-M-N-O-V-A-K. I am I'm the Ruthless Aggression podcast with my friends Rob and Pierce at the Barbershare Network. Follow us at Barbershare Net. Um, we record every Thursday, so our podcasts come up on every Friday. We mm-hmm. did. We we do. We we recently started uh, doing podcasts on our Patreon, um, and the links are always there on the Twitter account as well. So that's really all I have to plug. And Cyrus, thanks for having me on the War Report. I really appreciate it. And um, obviously, you guys at RNC do an incredible job with all your podcasts and content. Mm-hmm. So I feel you know appreci- appreciative that I was able to be on this on this week's episode. No problem, man. I, it was really great to have you and talking about rnc radio there's uh a lot of new podcasts this week we have i'm not a genius with mark uh talking about iphone 12 leaks streaming service stuff black variant that talks about the dc fan dome that's what it's called right Mm -hmm. yep i i didn't see any of the stuff so i need to listen to that i don't i didn't even see the batman trailer uh justin was telling me about it so they have to fill me in because I don't know anything about Mm. DC or comic books. So they got to fill in that gap for me. And every Friday, the war reports back, baby. 